You decided to upgrade your outdoor deck. So you order the essentials, a power washer, a set of patio chairs, and a shiny new grill. And you use your Bank of America Cash Rewards credit card, choosing to earn 3% cash back on online shopping and up to 5.25% as a preferred rewards member, which you put towards your most essential deck addition, a bird feeder. Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Liberty. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your car insurance with RightTrack, which rewards you for safe driving. As the world's most careful driver, that's perfect. Now apply two pounds of force for acceleration. You're really up, 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 turning in 0.3 miles and begin a deceleration. With Liberty Mutual's RightTrack, you could earn up to 30% savings based on how you drive. Sign up at libertymutual.com slash right track. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Discount on participating vehicles based coverages only. Availability varies. For those fortunate enough to help the person who has always been their hero, find the care guides you need to help at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. This is ESPN Pittsburgh, broadcasting live from the Fox Bet Studios. Make the call. Download the app today. WBGGAM Pittsburgh. Computers everywhere. Actor Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your engines. Forced to turnovers. They've done a nice job with that. You know, you've got to protect the football, um, and and that's probably the biggest thing that that, that you have to be concerned with because, uh, you know, they 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 they, they average about two takeaways more than two takeaways a game, and they've scored the most points off of takeaways because of the shortened field, uh, and so you you've got to be aware of that. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Good morning, Steelers Nation, and welcome inside the locker room on a game day. Craig Wolfley flanked by Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler. We're off and running here a little in the locker room. Steelers blitz crossover. You already know the drill, 412. 919-1316 if you want to chime in anytime over the next two hours. And gentlemen, for the second straight week, we've got a weekday kickoff, 5 p.m. tonight against the football team. I don't know, Wolf, you, you getting a little bit more used to this now that it's the second week? You know, the old man in me is going, yeah, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the grumpified old man doesn't get to bed after midnight like he does when you got the later kickoff. And I know as I was commiserating with my man Motsi here, uh, we're, we're kind of like of the same mind, you know, despite the fact that, of course, he's much younger than me. The fact <laughs> is, you like when you don't go past real, too late for your bedtime. Without a doubt, man. Um, I, I think I was a part of the small minority that enjoyed the 340 kickoff. I'm going to enjoy this 5 o'clock kickoff. And any other kickoff that is between the hours of 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock are perfect for me. Now, it's selfish. It's selfish because right. I know everybody that, that loves the late, late, oh, it's prime time, 825. I know some people going, you know, take a little bit of an issue with this. Sure. 
but I love being done with football by 8.30. It's totally different. There's something special about it. <laughs> it's a totally different feel, man. Even though I want to rewatch the game, I'm like, oh, oh, I'm done by midnight on the rewatch. Not, oh, I don't start my rewatch until midnight and I'm done at <laughs> 2 in the morning. Like, no, 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 no. Because then for the next two, three days, I'm playing recovery over here, man. <laughs> Is there anything to that? Uh, you know, I, I've wondered this, and you guys have obviously. I mean, we were talking before we went on air. Wolf was telling us about how they used to start games what nine oh five Eastern time, and that was. Monday I will tell night you, football. my very first, yes, my very first night game. All day long, you're in the hotel. Now remember, there's no cable, real cable stuff back then. I mean, it was like, you know, soap operas and stuff like that. So you're doing a lot of your mental visualizations and everything. Well, nobody told me you got to keep your adrenaline cool until you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? Nine oh five came. I'm exhausted. I was. I remember sitting there going mm -hmm. yawning mm -hmm. as I'm preparing to go out for the kickoff return. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a long day back in the Listen, day. Listen, it's funny you said that. <laughs> Just in terms of like controlling your adrenaline throughout the day. Right. So a lot of times. You know, you've heard the, the the statement, don't blow it all in warm-ups, right? Right. So I used to hear it all the time. And in college, high school, <laughs> I never really got amped up, right? Because for me in high school, I always felt like, man, our team, we weren't good. So it was like, all right, I know I'm going to have to ball out, but it's still going to get ugly, right? And in college, it was the reverse. We were so much better than everyone else. It was kind of like, all right, I know we're going to go out here and blow this team out. Like, it's cool. But, man, literally, my first NFL game, it was the preseason. And funny, it was actually against the Washington football team. They had a different name back then. But it was my first right. game ever. And it was a, a primetime one because it was in the preseason. So we had the 825 kickoff. I remember being so amped in that hotel room. I literally worked out twice. I stretched three times. I almost pulled my hamstrings stretching in my hotel room because I was so fired up about the game. By the time I get out there, I'm oh. exhausted. Like the first series, I'm over here like just gasping for breath. Like, yo, I cannot breathe. And it's just funny when you said that. I'm like, man, that is exactly like I know that feeling right there, man. Nobody tells yeah. you how to handle the adrenaline Never. No. when you're young. You no. just sitting here, just amped up. Like I gotta get ready. I gotta be ready. Yo, I didn't. I didn't look through my playbook thirty times. I'm like, yo, is this really it? I'm calling my coach. He's like, it's still a six technique. It doesn't matter how many times you look at it. It don't matter how many times you question. It's not changing. It's still there. <laughs> no, I always heard. I always heard adrenaline was like a hot sauce. Yeah. You know, little little bit is perfect. It'll put a pep in your step. It'll mm -hmm. get you going. Too much though. Numb your senses, dull yes. your senses. Right. Well, you Absolutely. get those guys that like bang their heads in the in the wall yeah. before, you know, and like going, <laughs> okay. That's not for me. I, I'm already, I'm stupid enough. I don't need any added aggravation. I always tell myself I don't need any extra head contact, baby. <laughs> right. I don't, don't even right. want my son to pat me on the head. Like, don't, don't even touch my head. I, I, tell my barber, you be extra cautious when you touch my brain, man. I. <laughs> That's exactly it. No doubt about it. Uh, guys, we heard from Ron Rivera, first year uh, head coach of the football team. Obviously uh, spent, what? Long time, over a decade with the Carolina Panthers uh, before ending up in Washington. And I tell you what, for, for a lot of Steelers fans out there, I, I know there's a balance, guys. There's a ton of Steelers fans who are very in tune to the National Football League, what's going on across the league on a week-to-week -week basis, watching other teams, watching the AFC and the NFC. And then I think there's Steelers fans, too, who kind of just care about the black and gold and have that tunnel vision a little bit when it comes to their team. If you're in that latter group, I think you're going to be a little surprised about this Washington football team. I know what their record is. I know what the reputation is. 
But this is a team, man, a lot to play for. It starts with Ron Rivera and everything he started with that franchise and obviously his his cancer diagnosis in the offseason and how they've rallied around that. Everything with Alex Smith, every football fan knows his story, almost had to have his leg amputated. They thought it might threaten his life, that injury that he had two years ago. Now he's back playing. And they're right in the division hunt, d- despite the record there in the NFC East. This is a football team, Wolf. I, I think there might be some Steelers fans who think that these guys are going to come in here and the Steelers are going to be able to blow them out. And, okay, we, oh, wanted no. a, we wanted an easy game against the Ravens, and we didn't get it. It's all right. We'll get an easy game today. No. This is a team that is galvanized. They've got a lot to play for. They're well coached, and they're going to come in here, and, and they're going to give the Steelers some problems. Yeah, despite whatever you think, the NFC least still has competitive football, and they're going to display it, I'm sure, Tonight, here's the thing about it, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like this is when Prince was, you know, the artist formerly known as, <laughs> you know, this is the football team formerly known as, you know what I mean? And you think of everything this franchise has undergone from the whole upheaval of the front office with yep. Daniel Snyder right. to the renaming or formerly known as rebranding to Ron Rivera coming in to Ron Rivera with a cancer diagnosis to Alex Smith and his story of three years ago overcoming uh, the possible loss of a leg and everything. I mean, there's a lot of – here's the thing about it, and you know as well as I do, Arthur, there are rallying points in Mm -hmm. every team. And there's just somebody's that that – that uh, figure in your locker room that you rally around because you love that person, you care about that person. And a lot of people say, those are just words. No, they're not words. You know, when you're in the midst of it, when you have a group of guys and you're all between the white lines and, you know, the the, the coach does a good job of herding cats because sometimes that's what it's like. (laughs) You know, with some of the the personalities you have in a locker room. So serious. It's like herding cats (laughs) through a dog pound at feeding time, right? It can be a little frenzied. And you get these guys pointing the same direction you develop that sort of, you know, that little bit of a mojo that starts mm-hmm. running downhill and everybody starts to jump on and things start to go well. Without a doubt, man. And, I mean, when you just talk about this organization as a whole, that's what I've seen too. You lo- It looks like a team that is rallying around the adversity. They're becoming comfortable with the doubters. They're becoming comfortable with the naysayers and playing that role of, all right, well, y'all don't believe we can do anything. Watch what we can do. Watch us show you. I mean, you turn the tape on, they play with great effort. Oh, they They, do. they are a, I mean, for me, I've, I say they're a fundamentally sound team. They just don't have the top-end talent like Pittsburgh has, like Baltimore has. If Baltimore and Pittsburgh are at a 9 or a 10, they're, for Washington, they're, level is probably a six or a seven. So even though they're playing good ball, that's always going to be a little bit of the, the reason why they drop some of these closer games because they're not getting just ran out of the, uh, out of the stadium. This That's not the case here. They, like I said, play good ball. And with Alex Smith being back and them settling on him at quarterback, he has kept them in a lot of these games now because obviously he has the – the, the, the knock on him of game manager, but we always say being a game manager is not a bad thing. That means no. you're not going to turn the ball over and lose you a game. Give me a game manager over a gunslinger any day because we know, I mean, we've seen with Ryan Fitzpatrick, for example, there's a reason why the gunslingers that don't have the top-tier talent it's a reason why they typically struggle to get a team to the playoffs. Whereas with Alex Smith, he's never been a guy that's going to wow you with his arm and throw for 5,000 yards. 
But every team that he started for, every team that he's quarterbacked, they are always in the mix. They're always in the playoffs. They're always going to make some type of run because he keeps you in ball games. And that's what you see when you watch Washington. And you pair that with Ron Rivera, who we know is an excellent coach, and you get a team like this that some may view it as overachieving. Because I think if we would have asked how many games you think the Washington football team would win this year? I don't think any of us would have said four. We would have all teetered around two, three. Some of us might even say 0-16 based on everything that's happened this offseason. But to see them sitting here at four and seven and legit in contention to win the NFC East and host the playoff game. This is crazy to think about with, with, with everything that's transpired with that organization over these past couple of months, man. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, they'd be tied for first place. They'd be five and seven with a win today. They're four and seven right now. They got that half. Don't game. even speak that. Half that's just, that's just bad mojo. Do you hear this guy? I know. I heard oh, that. Dude, West Virginia loses. Now I'll say you want to bring that bad mojo in here today. We might have to Come hang on. him out. We might have to hang him out the studio window Jeez. here upside down. I missed the JMU game this Saturday. What time did they play? Hey, we still um, undefeated. It's okay. Bro, don't even bring up Syracuse. I say, last time we saw JMU in the field, they were playing for a championship. So it's all love. Well, <laughs> um, where was I going with what Arthur Moach just said about the Washington football team? Oh, Alex Smith, professional quarterback. I Absolutely, think that's, man. That's where I come down with this Consummate guy. professional, man. He, he is a professional quarterback. He knows how to win games. He's won division titles. He's been to the playoffs before. And like you said, Motsi, uh, another thing for that team to rally around, right? I, no the, question. The well, coach, think about Ron Rivera. Head, what a head, story that the is. The head coach and the cancer diagnosis. First right? of all, and for, was going through know, rehab. Think about this. Yeah. He was doing chemo during the season. That's a tough dude. That's crazy. He was having to get certain treatments during half times right. of their first couple. When I played against Ron Rivera back in the day. I mean, I yeah. know, I know, I knew of him, and then I remember. Which is funny because some people don't even realize he played ball too. Oh, yeah, man. he was yes, part of that eighty-five Bears defense. Absolutely, he was. You know, but I'll say this: he's a tough guy. He's always been a tough guy, and now with the latest things that he's been through, that you want to talk about a rallying point about a guy that can engender Absolutely. that sort of feeling and mojo around him that people come, you know, it's a, it's about a group of guys locking arms, marching forward. That's what it's all about, and I think he's done a great job considering everything that's you know I me. Mean, you think about this: the whole thing with the renaming, mm-hmm. rebranding, whatever you call and, that and, thing. And this is one of that their started original. when he first came aboard, right? And this is and, and I also think back just in general how big of a deal. I, I think some people overlook how significant that is. We're talking about one of the original franchises, right? That has this long legacy with that particular team name, and then it just being changed. I mean, that's like imagine if they woke up one day and said the Steelers was somehow offensive to someone, and we had to change it after all these years. Like that's a lot organizationally to deal with. Then when you factor in the other things, like you said, new head coach and Ron Rivera. I mm-hmm. mean, we we only we got to the cancer part, but let's forget he was in a whole different organization a year ago. And then got, got fired from there and then comes here to to, uh, to Washington. And all of this is going on. When, when you talk about a team that has had ample opportunities, if they wanted to go the route of just packing it up in, if they wanted to go the route of what was me, if they wanted to go the route of everything. The, Tank the, for Trevor. The, the way we kind of joke about in Pittsburgh where we're like, man, anytime. What the Jets did yesterday. No, no, no. Well, well this is the thing, right? <laughs> so I say this. I say anytime here in Pittsburgh, we're always quick to act like everything is against us, right? 
if one call goes against us, the referees hate us. If they move the game once, oh, they've been over backwards with these other organizations. I said, man, we don't have it not even a third as bad as what Washington has dealt with this year as a whole. That's both true. on the field and off the field. Yeah, remember all that? The, <laughs> what was it? Workplace? Right. Absolutely, man. So so for I'm, me. I'm the word I'm looking for, but lack of control of correct. the workplace or whatever. So, so you when, know, I think, when I think of all of those things and all of those various opportunities that the Washington football team has had to pack it in, the fact that they're still sitting here at four and seven and in contention to win their division lets you know this is going to be a team that's going to come out today and try to hit the steals in the mouth. They're, They're going to be a team that's going to be fired up to go. No question. If you just turn on the tape and watch, you, you can you see, see this is a team getting traction. Absolutely. This is a team that, and you know, the thing, you know, it's funny because you mentioned uh, uh, Fitzpatrick, you know, mm -hmm. which is either Fitz magic or Fitz tragic, no whichever, <laughs> whichever aspect you're running up. But the, the thing is, they got a running game now because Alex Smith came in. He what threw for three twenty-five uh -huh. or something, Correct. and then three ninety. And now he's he's you. You don't have to. He mm -hmm. doesn't ca have to carry everything. It's like you said, a game manager is not a bad thing it's if not. you got a running attack to support you, yep. which and, he does. And Antonio Gibson. I mean, we. I think we can all attest he's been extremely oh. impressive this year. If you have not watched Antonio Gibson, you'll be in for a watching. treat. He is yeah. a really good back. I heard uh, this would have been Thanksgiving versus the Cowboys. They compared him to Arian Foster, and literally as soon as they said it, I'm like, I can totally see that. In terms of just his smooth, almost like he's gliding at times, but very patient, mm -hmm. understanding how to set up his blocks, fits, he picks and chooses when he wants to burst. I just think he has just a really good feel for the game, and it's rare when you see that in younger running backs. Typically, they, they want to hit it too fast or they're a little too slow, but for him, he just ultimately looks like he has a natural feel and it shows up on the tape, man. It does because when you look at him, he he looks like he's he's got eyes of a veteran, though mm -hmm. he's a rookie. Yeah. He's got he this guy this guy jump cuts like a bullfrog crossing it's the parkway. Crazy, I mean, right? Eleven boom, touchdowns boom, boom. It is a rookie. Crazy. Yeah, yeah he's, he's so. got a nose for the end zone as well. Uh, let's let's continue with that scouting report here when we return. We got to talk more about Antonio Gibson, the rookie, and his eleven touchdowns. Uh, Terry McLaurin, one of the best young wide receivers in the National Football League. We'll continue with the scouting report on the other side. Get to some of your calls as well. Four one two. 919-1316. Craig Wolfley, he's got the... Who's that? Oh, <laughs> that guy with the he surprised, beard. He surprised me. He's got the two. He's got the two young bulls with him in the studio today. <laughs> Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler were rock and rolling with the Wolfman. It's in the locker room. Fellas, you know we we did this last week too on Wednesday. Yeah. We're we're just we're starting to pre Chaluch, Chaluch is out on his personal recognizance. We're, today. we're starting the pregame here yes. early. This is the penultimate. There it is, the penultimate oh, to the pre pregame. To the pre pregame, <laughs> right? It's the pre pre. I'm glad you guys now are hip with the big words because I I've come up with no, that no, last year. No 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 no. You, you said I'm hip to it. No no no. I just listened to my trusted colleague over here. He drops it. I just try to repeat it at the right moment. <laughs> it's always difficult, you know. So, I'm like, is that right? Nope nope. Oh, all right, messed up again. All right, I get it next time. <laughs> so we're a little over six hours until kickoff here. We're getting the party started. The Steelers talk continues uh, with us up until noon. Then you got Stan Saverin. Then I'll be back for an hour of pregame. And then you'll have, of course, the Steelers Network pregame with Bob Labriola, Jerry Dulac, and Mike Pursuta. So where else would you rather be on a Steelers game day? Ooh, Marv Levy. I thought he was about to sing some uh, Selena. Here in my room, dreaming about you and me. My bad. You guys, I mean, the, the, audience, the audience here is seeing what I'm asking. I'm trying to go to break. I'm in the studio. I'm trying to push it's, the buttons. It's game day. You're throwing up. You know, you know, they don't let me come on game day because y'all don't know what I'm going to do. All right? It, it just happens like that sometimes. Let me just go. It's Selena. All right? <laughs> 
six and a half hours until kickoff. We got the pregame going right here on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. You're listening to SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. This report is sponsored by Delsum Cough. ESPN Pittsburgh Traffic. We're going on on the Neville Island Bridge, north and southbound 79. You've got a lane restriction, not a lot of traffic, so you're moving through in pretty good shape. And in Avalon, they're back at it on 65, a lane restriction near Fisk Avenue. A Bonnie Diver, total traffic. You could continuously cough for hours on end, or you could take Delsum Cough. Delsum Cough gives you 12 cough relief hours to help accomplish anything you want. Don't let coughing get in the way of your day. Try Delsum Cough and make the most of the next 12 hours. Visit Delsum, D-E-L-S-Y-M.com. Use as directed. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. And if the elevator tries to break you down, go crazy. Punch a higher Their coach, you know, wanted to take that, that job because he knew about the front four that they had and the, and the number of points they had uh, invested in them. And if you're, you're building the Dagum uh, team from, from scratch, that's where you start. You start in the defensive line because, you know, we just talked about the number of sacks that you have and, and uh, how much that helps. Well, shoot, what are we? What's our, what's our uh, record? There's a reason our record is that, you know, because we have put pressure on the quarterback. We have intercepted the ball. We have gotten turnovers and stuff like that. So they chose, I mean, he chose the right place to go uh, to take a job. And they match up well against us. This is a very big, very, very big challenge for us. They run the ball well. Uh, we're going to have to stop the day gun run, and we're going to have to pressure the quarterback as much as we can. So uh, I'm excited about this game. Everybody says, well, shoot your four or seven, blah, blah, blah. Or shoot, you should have beat the stew out of day gun Baltimore. Nobody beats the stew out of nobody in the National Football League. That's just what, that's the reason the National Football League is the NFL. That's what makes it the NFL. And so uh, for us, we've got to make sure that we, we are ready to play these guys. This is going to be a challenge for us, and I look forward to it. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. Back inside the locker room, Craig Wolfley with Arthur Motes and Wesley Euler, Keith Butler talking about the Washington football team defense and the front that they have there, some of the pass rushers. And that stuck out to me, guys, because very rarely... By the way, I have to jump in here because <laughs> I noticed you're playing Prince here, okay? Now, I got to tell you something. You know my youngest brother, Dale, oh, who played comes. at WVU? Here we go. Here, comes here we go. Here comes oh, yeah, the absolutely. name drop, baby. He, he, he was Prince's bodyguard for a year. Nuh-uh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Seriously? He was out on tour with him. Yeah. He was... My brother worked with Michael Bolton with... Um, uh, the Beastie Boys, wow. and you know, awesome. oh yeah, yeah. I, he can tell you. I, I, can, I never knew. I can't. Really I can't cool. name some names. You know, yeah, that's crazy. I, like I can that. tell you some stories. We come off the yeah. road. You know, I mean, you talk about a rock and roll life. Oh, yeah. He had to get off the road eventually because his kids were growing up, and he'd be gone for four sure. or five months. Oh, yeah. you know? But um, he told me some stories, and he'd come off the road. That's and I'd be like, great. Really? Yay. I go, wow, I'm okay. All right, <laughs> I'm <laughs> all right. I'm normal. <laughs> But I, there was a time in, in London, there was, I, I can tell you guys off the air some, uh-huh. some funny stuff. <laughs> and uh, he, he had to help somebody down the stairs and then back up the stairs and down the stairs again. 
Somebody is. Somebody needed it. You know oh, what I mean? Somebody had uh, just, one just, too many. Just lend it a helping hand. Somebody needed it. You know what I mean? And he, you know, that, but anyhow, regardless. Just, just lend it a helping hand. That's it. That's it. You know. That. <laughs> uh, that. Um. That soundbite there from Keith Butler stood out to me, yes. guys, because. How often have you heard Keith Butler talking about how good another team's defensive front is? Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Butler's always talking about the other team's offense, right? Because that's who he's preparing right. for. That's who his unit's going up against. When Keith Butler yesterday was talking, or, or sorry, it would have been, no, yeah, it, it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. When Keith Butler was talking about the uh, football team front and all the talent that they have there and the pedigree and the first-round draft picks, that stood out to me because – he doesn't talk about opposing defenses very often. That's clearly something that I think the organization has been discussing as a whole. No question about it. And, Arthur, you, I know that you want to jump in right now. And t- tell me what you're thinking because you know <laughs> the front ends of defenses. Man, so for me, um, I think they're as good as advertised. When you talk about some of the young talent they have, uh, Chase Young obviously being a top pick that he was, Montez Sweat, he's another guy that was a high pedigree guy. People also forget about Ryan Kerrigan. He's been doing this for a decade now. Right. He's a very consistent player. I think those are the guys that really provide that wave, that splash. But just across their front seven, I feel like the reason they're able – to generate the type of pressure they do is because you have veteran guys on the inside as well. John Bostic and Thomas Davis, even though they're not going to wow you at this stage in their career, they do a good job of getting the guys lined up, getting them called, and ultimately letting them just go out there and play fast. And anyone that is accustomed to Ron Rivera, they know he's going to have top-notch defenses or defenses that are fundamentally sound and know how to set that wave. I mean, we've seen this with his time in Carolina, how he would use Julius Peppers at times, and then Kawan Short on the inside. He loves to have D-lines that can attack, and right now in Washington, he definitely has that. And Chase, I mean, when you watch him, Man, he's one of those guys very similar to Miles Garrett. When he's ready to get a sack, there isn't a lot that you can do to stop him. I mean, he picks and chooses at times, and, and that's typical with younger players. They they still have to get accustomed to this level of doing it every single time. But, man, that dude, man, when he wants to do it, he can be a beast. And I think he will continue on with that path, man. No doubt about it. By the way, Thomas Davis and Ben might be the only guys on the like, field seriously? that remember what a payphone is. You know what I mean? <laughs> But payphones pay and pagers is crazy right now. So, but you said Chase Young, and what you know what I like the 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 way you compared him to Miles Garrett. I'll say this: uh, Chase Young's more square in his ad, mm-hmm. his you know pass rushing attitude. Yes. He'll hand fight more. Miles Garrett has got that slinky, slippery thing. It's weird to see a guy his, that big, but he knows how rip. to dip the edge. Yeah, he mm-hmm. will dip the edge, and and does so in a funky way. Yes. That, um, it's really makes you're not it accustomed to seeing it with guys that size either. Miles right. Garrett's pass rush moves, which you're accustomed to seeing with smaller guys, more agile, more athletic. That's it. Yeah, but yeah. with him, he's a big man with finesse moves. Like that's dangerous. When he, yeah, when he, <laughs> that's dips, dangerous right there. The man. problem is when he dips, you end up punching his back. Yes, yes. You know, and that you automatically give way on a step. You got to mm-hmm. step out when you punch with that guy because if you yeah. don't. You lose that corner every time. And see, for me, Chase Young's a little bit tall. He'll play taller. And that's the thing, too. I feel like because it's early on for Chase, he's a year or two away from learning that. Typically, at the collegiate level, if if your first step is better than these tackles at the college level, you never have to worry about 
getting small or dipping a shoulder or hand fighting. You might have to use that every once in a while. At the NFL level, that's every snap. I mean, because the 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 talent at this level, you're not going to find even your worst player on your roster is still going to be good enough to play in a game. It's not going to be a landslide. You heard Coach uh, Butler talk about you're not going to kick the stew out of anyone at this right. level, right? <laughs> that's that's what he's referring to. So with Chase, he's going to start to understand that and develop that area and that's going to take him to the next stage but right now I mean like you said he is very boxy Wolf's, when he rushes my mom used to make the best stew man <laughs> I mean seriously chunks of beef in that thing know, and potatoes I, I'm and, just glad that, that, oh. that coach Butts gave us the opportunity to talk a little food because you yes. know we got to talk food if we're not talking food in this, inside the locker room then I'm what are we doing we're, we're doing a disservice <laughs> and touch out to come over here and choke me out all right that's but right. the fact that i'm making sure we got food being in the conversation i feel food. like we're good for the day well, <laughs> you gotta add my mom my mom would make homemade bread oh yeah. baby you want to talk in buffalo like new york sourdough i'm talking or? oh yeah oh, don't, don't say sourdough come on man you know it was a shortage of that during covid shortage <laughs> on sourdough and toilet paper i don't know what how sourdough and toilet paper go together but there was a shortage on all that doing COVID all right, so you let's, know let's not go back there down there were some that people that got the two mixed up I didn't know that sourdough and toilet paper could cure COVID but clearly it does oh my um, well you know what speaking of food fellas uh, we did get a tweet here a few minutes ago Brian in Washington tweets good morning fellas I'm eating a breakfast burrito embracing oh. my inner Craig Wolfley getting ready for there a long go. day there you go there we go on the that's road the way you get it as on. a truck driver so Brian asks, I want to know your guys' favorite breakfast food. Is there any one favorite? I mean, here, here's the thing I'll answer, Brian. I, I will say this. Uh, night game, uh, lunchtime was Eggs Benedict every time. Ooh. Just that's whatever. It just it filled you the way you needed like to be. I do like Eggs Benedict. Yeah, that was always something that I, that I appreciate. You know who was amazing at, at pregame meal? Oh. It used to blow me away. L.C. Greenwood. Huh. Now, I would be choking down half a muffin because that pregame meal, by the time I got to pregame, which is like four or five hours before kickoff, um, I'm, I'm just too nervous. Your nerves are shot, yeah. L.C. Yeah. Greenwood was working several plates of steak, of burgers, of, of, you know, potatoes, and they're mixing them all up. And I'm looking at Hollywood. You know, we call them Hollywood bags. I'm looking at Hollywood going, you kidding me? Look at all he's eating. I have to and like Hollywood force was, myself yeah. to eat before a game. Think man. about it. Like, the man serious. is six yeah. You know, he's got the gold he looked, shoes. He looked and like everything. Matt Williamson at Steelers training camp in a dining hall. At exactly. <laughs> <laughs> going at it like he's Jeez. he's starved. And I'm looking, I'm going, how are you going to play tonight? Yeah. If, I don't know. And how you the do man, that, man just he was amazing. Built yeah. different. LC yeah. Greenwood. What a what a man. Moxie, I wish favorite I could. breakfast food. Uh, for me, man, I probably go French toast. Yeah, French toast, scrambled eggs, it's man, can't go wrong with that. Right. And, and it gives my nostalgia, man. My pops always to make uh, French toast on the weekends yeah. growing up, man. That was like our thing. Nice. So, without a doubt, man. I'm a I'm an omelet guy, fellas. Yeah. Can't go wrong with omelets either. Ham, Absolutely. Ham, peppers, and onions, a little cheese, you know, like four or five egg omelet. Oh, yeah. Oh, an 81 before. Even I... though the perfect omelet only needs like three eggs. Just oh, no, no, there. trust me. You just need three I'm baby. a four. I'm a four. No. I'm a four. Four, four, egg four omelet you get super eggy, though. Oh, that, no, that's, no, that's, no, that's, no. That's I got eggy. both you guys. Before I was I was competing in the world's strongest man back in 81, <laughs> a dozen eggs. A dozen eggs. Did you crack them like Rocky and eat them? No, no, no. My mom was making them. He did it like Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Jesus Christ, he's drinking 
my mom. I was still living at I was at home with my moms and stuff like that, right? So so I had to be half a pound of bacon and a loaf of broth trying to put all the weight. Oh yeah. I did that for a month before I before I competed. The last month. And then the worst part was a dozen eggs. Just think about a dozen. Oh my no, no, daily. I'm looking at you talking about four and five. I'm like, that seems like a lot. A dozen daily. Oh my god. I put out so much cashola back in that day. Oh man. But you you had to, you had to like yeah. And not only that, now here's the worst part. That was like that was like two weeks before training camp. You want to talk about stupidity? Because oh I gosh. stopped running, right? So I came home yep. uh, right after the Bold competition. Up. It's a week long competition. Thick. I came no cardio, home, and the first time calories. I ran, this is no lie. The first time I ran, I like I like passed out. You know, Jeez. I mean, it's like you know how stiff your back yeah, gets when you overlift it and not tight, run enough. Yeah. Oh, oh, baby, Jeez. I couldn't even tie my shoes. <laughs> It was like, it got all pumped up. I was like, oh, my oh gosh. I'm in serious trouble here. Two weeks up no, from training camp. No cardio, just oh. calories, baby. That's, oh, it was recovery time. But that back. is a lot. Yeah, that was a mistake. That so, is a lot. Regardless, forget that. Should we, uh, you know, speaking of Gaston, should we, yes. uh, should we invite somebody to be our guest on the phone lines here? Uh-oh, I see what you did there. I what? like it. I'm not opposed to you know, situation. I just started laughing too much, and I got, I got sidetracked. We can I forgot a, what we're We can doing. take a call here before we Absolutely. go to break. Uh, Moats, you're going to like this. Long-time tweeter. Uh-oh. First-time caller. Uh-oh. We've got the lit one on the phone line. What? The lit, 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 lit. Rebecca <laughs> is on the phone line for the first time. What's up, Rebecca? What's up, guys? I couldn't let Moats down okay. again. Strash gave me the heads up. To call there, in. Oh, there, oh, we yeah. there we go, Miss Rebecca. Welcome to the locker room. So I just want to, I was thinking about how it felt kind of like we got the dub last week, but it felt like the loss losing bud. So I think we're going to come out hot and heavy today. And I can't <laughs> wait to see how Highsmith like steps it up because I think he's going to be solid like Spleen's been. So I was a little worried, but I think I think we're going to get it covered. I like that. Yeah. Well, I agree, man. I think Alex Smith, he's been young and emerging this season. Every opportunity he's had. I think he's played pretty well in both as a Russian. And we also saw the big interception he had against Baltimore the first go around. So I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm excited to see what the young guy does today, man. You know, it's funny yeah, because thought, like with Bud contract here, like maybe we'll get to see a little bit of paper here and see what happens. No, you know, being with Bud being first out. of all, wait a minute. I'm getting confused because I hear somebody say Alex Smith and then somebody says Alex Highsmith. You think it's going to be a problem tonight? You think that somebody you know like me you who's did... been concussed multiply <laughs> is not going to have an issue? I know. I was like, wait, I don't remember Wolf talking about this last week, how he was getting all messed up with the uh, Alex Smith and Alex Highsmith. So I'm, I'm with you. There you go. That's what age and multiple concussions do for you, you know? Yeah, four kids as well, so I hear you. There you go. That's a walking concussion. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Rebecca, great stuff. We appreciate the phone call. Call yes, back anytime. Indeed. Always, you too. Always good to hear from you. Yeah, she she tweets us all the time, Wolf. The That's lit cool. one. The lit one, Rebecca, with her score predictions and her thoughts what and everything. What does that but, mean, lit, though? You know, like Juju, you're, you're always lit. You're always having a good time. Okay. You're you always, always up. You just have to translate to old yeah, yeah, yeah. guys like me. Energy's high. That's it, it, it a good way It took us a while. And then her Twitter handle is, uh, is what? Lit Winovich, right? Yes. Yeah, so lit Winovich. We always say it's the lit one. And then we just, oh, it, as a play on the last Winovich. name. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. There's a Chase Winovich over in New England. Yeah. And Chase is from the area. I yeah. wonder if she has any. Oh, oh hey, how about never somebody know, man. putting two and two together? And never you know, know what? I'm pretty sure because she's tweeted us pictures before. I'm pretty sure she lives in the Bethel Park area. 
Okay, and Chase went to Upper St. Clair. Is that correct? I don't know. Those aren't too that's far from each other. That's as far from each You, you just goes. had her on the phone. You should have just asked her. Yeah, we over right. here playing. Well, it didn't <laughs> occur to me to ask her. Listen, you know? I'm trying to hit the break. I'm, I'm just telling, it with the phone. I'm, I'm just simply, I got your answer right here. Hey, um, Rebecca, when you get a chance, could you tweet us if you are in any <laughs> relation to Chase Winovich of the New England Patriots? There you there go. There we go. That's it. It's simple. Yeah. It's got to be somewhere. You it's got simple. the same last it's, name. It's either a yes or it's going to be a no. It's that simple. You know, Wolf, you know the term like happy-go-lucky? Yeah. That's maybe like the new lit. You know, he's a happy-go-lucky kid. Oh, you know, he's, he's just always, always happy. Always in a good mood, always mm-hmm. high energy, always happy. That's the, oh, yeah. the You would that definitely fall into the lit category. Oh, yeah. You're Every lit. time I you're see you're lit, lit. You're, you're always turned up. You're, you're smiling, always... you're laughing, mm-hmm. you're having a good time. Very, very, why very, not say happy-go-lucky? <laughs> they tried to cut the words down. They, it, <laughs> okay. You, you, you so, know in 2020, it's all about consolidating, right? 2020, we want to. On the Twitter these days, you only have so many characters. Yeah, we can't waste. Yeah, using three words to say what you could say in one, you know, in three sentences or three Three letters or whatever. That's that's what? where they're like. Oh man, well, I would, ever, give me three letters instead of three words. That, well, that's if you all. ever watch The Office, um, no. the TV show, no. Why use why use few word or why use many word when few word do trick? <laughs> so so in that case, I'm bit. Huh? I mean, lit lit. 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 Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I, yeah, that's yeah. the old man. Next time, up. next time you see Juju, tell him that yeah. tell him that we said everyone says I'm lit. Juju, I'm so bit, man. <laughs> What, what is that? Be looking at me going, what? Uh, 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 I'm bit. You know, I'm always happy. I'm, I'm good. I'm like Too you. Legit. I'm bit. Too legit Mousy, to quit. Mousy and you look told me that I'm 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 bit or rit or I'm too legit to quit. That's it. <laughs> I'm MC Hammer, basically. You... That's where I'm going with all this. M- oh my goodness. MC Hammer. Oh, yes. All right, we gotta get to break. 412-919-1316 on the phone lines. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you're in the locker room. The pregame rolls along here on ESPN <laughs> Pittsburgh at SNR. Uh, we continually acknowledge the potential for adversity, um, not only in the game of the football, but in, in this environment. And so it's infused in, in everything that we do, whether it's a, a virtual meeting, a walkthrough, or a practice. Uh, it requires no special attention or, or agenda. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. In the locker room on a game day, Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here up until noon. We're the penultimate to the pregame pregame. Excuse me, point of order. Who, uh-huh. What was this music? That's uh, that's Beastie Boys. <laughs> you know, your brother Dale. No wonder he got off the tour early. <laughs> well, hold on that now, was Wolf. that kind of music. Hold on, Wolf, Who's going to listen to that? You don't fight for your right to party, Wolf. <laughs> no. I tell you, here's, here's what I liked. He came to town one time with Michael Bolton. We went out to dinner, and I went to dinner. Yeah, that's right. Drop it, name drop, Michael Bolton. That was nice. You know, I'll tell you a funny story. Okay, I'm, one I'm time. shocked that you per- you prefer Michael Bolton to the Beastie Boys. Wait a minute. Look at me. <laughs> I have gray. I'm all gray. My beard is white. Okay. But I know what kind of music you like. You like the the rock and roll. You like the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, no, no, no. Doesn't this sound like Craig Wolfley Motes? I 
I can just see it right now. Cut off shirt. About a thousand pounds of, of, of weight somewhere getting lifted. Mugs, the first line of this song is, you wake up late for school, man, you don't want to go. Now, does that not sound like Craig Wolfley? That was me. <laughs> wow. Wow. Wow, that was excellent. Way to go, Wesley. That is funny. <laughs> I will tell you this one story real quick. Dale was with Michael Bolton out in St. Louis, and it was after a concert, right? Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things, they had the meet and greets. It's so so Bolton was always like, he didn't like Dale like hanging right over his shoulder, you mm -hmm. know. And there was this group of school teachers at this meet and greet, <laughs> and uh, so Bolton's like, "Hey Dale, back up, Dale." Dale moves over to the wall, right? Just moves away a little bit. He's no sooner as he walk like ten steps over, and he hears this, and he turns around. And this one, I guess, uh, this lady school teacher had a few drinks too many. Uh oh, she had Michael Bolton by the nose. You know how big his nose was. <laughs> what? She, she, she grabbed his nose. Wow. was like, going, "What are you doing?" What in the world? <laughs> I mean, that's, I was like, "You gotta be kidding me." That's funny. So, so I got it. That, there's my story there. That's, that's wow. <laughs> I still can't get over that. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm never gonna get over this. I, that, this song is made for Craig Wolfley. Oh man. <laughs> but then they just talk through the rest of the song. <laughs> Well, if you've got to have a story about, like, oh, I went to see this band or this artist one time and I just absolutely hated it. It was, wasn't good at all. wasn't my thing. Um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I can't. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, uh -oh. This is the one right here. No, this is definitely the one. Sting. <laughs> I saw Sting one time. I, I hadn't been to a concert in forever. And so I went. And um, that was really bad. It was, it was, um, it was bad. You know, it was just, it was just not good. I, I was like, oh, okay, let's leave. We can leave. <laughs> I don't know. Sting was just not my deal. The yeah. best, one of the best concerts I've ever seen was Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, for sure. Oh my heavens! You he know, I'm jealous of that one every time. Down at where the, uh, you know, the soccer stadium is that yeah, used to be yeah, the yeah. icy light the, amphitheater the, back the, yeah, there. Yep. They had a train went behind the stage. The stage was set up in front of the train tracks, and he was playing Voodoo Child. Mm -hmm. And he had a wall of those Marshall amps stack, you know, and it was so loud, I didn't hear the train. I mean, it was phenomenal. Yeah. He was just phenomenal. So, I, if I could see any, if I could go back and see anybody, it, it would be him or Hendrix. I mean, those oh, two, yeah. just the things that they did with a guitar. And oh, that was just amazing. <laughs> It was just amazing. But it was a great time. Yes, like it was. It. <laughs> yes, it was. And now, fellas, we do the awkward thing here where we're like 90 seconds away from needing to take to a break. And I don't know what to talk about for these next 90 seconds. Well, here's, here's the whole thing about it. What you've got tonight and what you are gonna can expect to see is you're going to see an intense game because you think about this. And, and, Arthur, you know what I'm talking about. Right now you're in week or game two of a three-game, mm -hmm. three games in 12 days. Hmm. This is this is the you the first one. This is you're the one. fresh. Yes. This the is third the one. one. Okay, we're almost you through see the light and add light at the tunnel. But this yeah. is the one that, especially when you look at a four and seven Washington mm -hmm. team, um, it's one of those that you could say and and think to yourself, okay, uh, 
we got this. No, you got to be prepared, and you've got to get your mental RPMs up and going. Mm-hmm. This is definitely that type of game right here. But I fully anticipate the Steelers responding to that solely based on the performance in that first one. If that first game goes differently, whether they lose it or if they win it convincingly, I think you you really have to be extra cognizant of gauging against that or preparing against that whole letdown feeling of that second game. But I think because that first one went so poorly for this team, Bad taste in their they mind. are still very perturbed by that. They want to erase that from everyone's memory and I do think that helps them a lot early on now once you get out of that first quarter I mean you can attest to this all of the bulletin board material all of the we're doing this because (laughs) of that all of that goes away after about that first quarter then it's going to come down to just executing and things like that but I do think early on that will help them in terms of coming out and matching that intensity because Washington is going to have a lot of intensity for this game no question about it they haven't played in in what since Thanksgiving since Thanksgiving so it'll be 11, 10, 11 days for them, so they'll mm-hmm. be they'll be rearing. They're to go feeling as well. pretty good. Yeah, mm-hmm. there ain't no doubt about it. But now I will tell you this: uh, Mike Tomlin went Chuck Knoll on him after that last game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was yes, it was good to see. You know, I mean, I must say, rightfully know. so too, man. Yeah, rightfully yeah. so. They earned it, and they know it. You know, it's not like you're any big surprise there. Right. You understand, you earned it. Bear it, uh, marinate in it. Now mm-hmm. come out and get rid of it. We will take your calls on the other side, 412-919-1316. We'll also get into some more of these matchups as the Steelers-Washington conversation continues. In the locker room with Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, and Wesley Euler on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. young emergent featured runner uh, has really been impressive, but I've really been impressed just by their run game and their division of labor in general between the three guys that they utilize at the running back position. 24 and 41 are very versatile. They could be in the backfield. They could be out of the backfield. Uh, Peyton Barber is kind of a more deliberate downhill guy uh, that provides good collective balance for them. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. Hour number two in the locker room. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler with you here. We are officially, fellas, six hours away from kickoff. And you know what? What better way to uh, set the stage here for Steelers football team that just still sounds funny to say Steelers football team five o'clock at Heinz Field you know what's different you're shorting it and just calling it football team for me I always say Washington football team otherwise it sounds I so I feel like it's, it's incomplete otherwise but when you say like Steelers verse you know what I mean that's I, I seriously yeah, that's no, I, I mean like Steelers saying. versus the Washington football Pittsburgh team. Steelers versus the Washington football <laughs> but if you team. say Washington football team isn't that like lit that's <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Hey, you say you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Excuse what me. y'all talking about here, man? I'm, it's a drop the mic moment. I'm leaving now. He's finger, he's finger pistols like Ben Roethlisberger Let's in Denver in the go. AFC Championship game, baby. 
Oh, my heavens. One of the things, for those that are familiar with uh, Moats and I and what we do on Steelers Blitz, uh, when the Steelers play on a game day, or on a weekday, I should say, because the Steelers are always playing when it's a game day. <laughs> Whenever it's a game day, they play out. If, oh. if the Steelers play on a Monday or a Thursday or a Wednesday like we saw this season, we do it on game day. If not, we usually do it on Fridays ahead of the Sunday game. It's a simple thing. On Fridays, we call it Five Star Friday, right? Because we know it's always a five-star matchup when the Steelers are in it. We've got, well, now two former Pittsburgh Steelers on the show. But one thing uh, that Arthur Motes and I like to do, again, on the, the last show before the game, it's called Five Star Friday. We'll call it Five Star Monday. Our five-star matchups, who are the, or what are the five matchups that will determine the outcome? Whoever wins the most of these will win the game. This time, 5 o'clock Monday at Heinz Field, the Washington football team against the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are those five matchups to keep an eye on? Well, Arthur Motes is going to tell you in just a second. We're humbled and excited to be in these five-star matchups. Five-star matchup. Somebody leaving here with a loss. Not going to be us. Five-star Friday. Matchup number one. Now, we heard the big guy, Coach Tomlin, talk about him a little bit already, and it's Antonio Gibson. That's the first matchup we're talking about. Him versus Vince Williams and Robert Spillane. Now, when you watch Antonio Gibson, the Washington football team loves to run their offense through him. Alex Smith, especially as taking over at a quarterback, he features him a lot in the checkdowns. He features him a lot out the backfield. That's a guy they want to run their offense through. And Vince and Robert are going to have ample opportunities to take him out of this game in terms of open field tackling because he's not the type of back where they're using him in very intricate route combinations. Think about what we used to do with Le'Veon Bell. That's not the case. He's getting the ball on on swing routes on just little running back out the backfield checking out and it's ultimately going to be a test of can these guys tackle if they can tackle efficiently throughout the game they will minimize his impact he does a great job of after the fact making a guy miss and continuing to turn something that's a three-yard gain into a seven and keep the chains moving but ultimately man we need to look for Robert Spillane and Vince Williams to be short tacklers versus Antonio Gibson in the open field I like that that's a great matchup I think that you know, you take a look at Vince Williams, some of the onside plays. You know, one of the things I love about Vince is instinctually he reminds me uh, of some of the great linebackers mm -hmm. in the past, the guys that can fire their gun and shoot mm -hmm. the gap. And, yes. you know, I mean, he's what leading the league or near in the Tackle, tackles, yeah, tackles for, for loss. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, a lot of that stuff with penetration, especially in Washington, when they do some of the things where they bring a back in motion mm -hmm. and, and they, they do the trail, the whams, all the, uh, you know, outside zone stuff, um, I think you can really create some problems for him. He is that You're going to need that solid tackle. Oh, you're going to need doubt, exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Um, and there's a lot more how do I put it this way? Alex Smith, he's more, uh, he goes under center more. Uh, yes. A lot yes. more uh, hand in the dirt, uh -huh. play action stuff. So that v sort very of thing. Very prototypical with, style yeah, offense. Exactly. Not, not a lot of gun. We're not seeing yeah. what we're seeing here in Pittsburgh. Right. This is traditional pro style what they're running over there in Washington. So you add the Spillane to it. And you mm -hmm. add, what do you think? Let me ask you, how do you think since, uh, you know, you are a linebacker du oh, jour. Yeah. All right. What do you think of Avery Williamson? How's he been doing? Man, I think he's been playing well in the opportunities that he's been given. They're using him very similar to what we saw from Marcus Allen and uh, Ulysses Gilbert when he was healthy early on, using him in the obvious passing situations right now. I think it's a combination, though. He's starting to get more comfortable in this scheme. Remember, he's played in a very similar scheme when he was with LeBeau in Tennessee. Right. But also, I think because the, the, the reason why we haven't seen him take a larger role just yet 
is Robert Spillane has been playing well still. That's yeah. what I think. I mean, yeah. people yeah. have been searching for every opportunity to get him off the field. <laughs> and when you cut the tape on, he yeah. is never aligned wrong. He hardly ever misses a tackle. And he's competitive in coverage. Now, you don't have to be great in coverage, especially as a linebacker. But the two things that we always say, and Coach Simon will preach this to the cows come home, you never get beat to your leverage side. And you're competitive away from your leverage side. And when you watch Robert on tape, he never gets beat across his face in coverage. And he's competitive on outbreaking routes or anything where it's opposite of where his body position is. He's competitive on it. And that's the biggest reason why Avery hasn't had a larger role just yet. It's a true testament to Robert Splane and what he's been able to do since taking over. Oh, I like that breakdown. Okay. Five-star Friday. Matchup number two. Now we got to talk about my big man up front. I'm talking big Al Villain of Waver, protecting big number seven's blind one. side. And we know, we, we've already talked about this young kid earlier today, this young pass rusher. I'm talking Chase Young, but not only him, because Chase Young doesn't just predominantly line up on that side. You're going to get a mix of Chase. You're going to get a mix of Montez Sweat as well. But it's going to be critical that Big Al continues his performance and high productivity as a pass protector. When you talk about the Washington football team and Chase Young and Montez Sweat, those guys provide a wave, man. When you talk about being able to generate pressure without blitzing, those two guys are very much capable of that. And Al, we talk about, man, he is critical to this offensive line's success. When he plays well, the offensive line as a whole looks well. When he struggles, the offensive line struggles. So that's going to be a matchup that is going to be very, very critical because I feel like our receivers, I love the matchup against this uh, this secondary from Washington, but it starts up front. If you don't give Ben the time he needs or you allow Chase or Montez to create some type of splash on a strip sack or, or a pressure, then that can be very damning for the offense as a whole. So that's another matchup that I'm really excited for. Well, it is a bellwether matchup, and you're right on, and I think you can throw Ryan Kerrigan into that Absolutely. mix. Absolutely. Because this Absolutely, is a man. guy, as we were talking about earlier, the guy's been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, one of the things I love about Al, when Al – Gets his hands out and he punches. Mm -hmm. He can dominate. But when he lets guys get into his body, that's when he's got a problem. And part of his problem occurs whenever he gets his footwork screwed up. Mm -hmm. He will kick step and he will get himself head heavy and he'll let the guy get underneath him. And I I shouldn't say let, but it's it's those situations you find yourself in. You're not fundamentally paying attention to the kick step, paying attention to taking your punch and taking something off the guy when he's out in front of you. So mm-hmm. when I watch a guy like Chase Young, I think, you know what, Al, that's made the order for Al. Yes. If Miles Garrett is the dip guy, that's when Al gets into trouble with mm-hmm. guys that dip and rip in the corner, those kind of guys. So this is going to be a big matchup yeah. because, like you said, both these guys, Montez Sweat. Mm-hmm. And Mo- people aren't talking about Montez Sweat. Mo- I've been sweating over listen, Montez listen, Sweat. He's a good Montez player. is a good Good player. Man, he's a good player. Yes. Absolutely. And another thing I'll say is this with Al. It's funny because with him being a taller guy, sometimes pad level is the issue. And you're right. like, man, you talk about guys that dip, that struggles because now he has to be a, a knee bender, not a waist bender, right? right. But he does really well against the bull rush. You see him, that trap move that he has where yes. he allow the, the, the defender to get an arm on him and he traps him down. That is a great combo for what he does well in terms of being a nimbler guy who you can move. You know who move. taught him that? Oh, yeah, I know 
Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Touch. Yeah. Absolutely. Listen, <laughs> I was rehabbing, right? So this was my second year here, and I remember getting mad with Touch because I'm rehabbing. And the first year Al was here, he didn't have that move. So we would dog him. I'm talking, man, you would already have the dip. But then it's like, oh, if you want to play speed, I'm going to just bull you and you don't have right. an answer. <laughs> he comes. I remember just watching him all offseason, working with Tunch in the in, in the indoor because we were remodeling the uh, the initial weight room. Right. So we're in the field house. Oh, I remember that. And I'm yeah. going to watch. I'm like, what is he doing where he's smacking his hand? And sure enough, we get to training camp, and I remember the first time he did it, I fell flat on my face. I'm like, yo, what is this? I, I don't like this move right here. Touch, and I don't I, like you. And, and I start seeing him do it more and more and more. I'm like, Touch, why did you teach this? This is like the cheat code right here. Like, what are you doing? Do you know you know who used to drive crazy with that? Reggie White. Wow. In six games against Reggie, he never gave up one sack yeah, to Reggie. Yeah, because it throws you off. Was... It makes you scared to, like, long-arm bull. Like, it takes away a whole element of your pass rush. It does. We were walking off the field one time. I was with uh, Bobby Go- or Mike Golick, you know, from mm-hmm. Mike Mike mm-hmm. after we played. <laughs> He's talking to Dunch and he goes, he goes, Dunch, he goes, what are you doing? Because Reggie's talking to himself. He's going, what's he doing? I keep falling down on my nose. It's crazy, man. <laughs> it was crazy. really funny. Yeah, so you're right. That's a great matchup, and Absolutely, that's a great man. antidote. And I, I think that's going to be something that we look forward to tonight. Absolutely. That was a fun discussion. <laughs> oh, I, it was. You know what? I felt like, um, what's his name? Uh, the moderate uh chris wallace <laughs> except for right unlike a presidential debate we weren't beefing you two just said a lot of stuff that made sense unlike a presidential debate <laughs> this is i got a guy got the best seat in the house here. i don't even know what we're talking about <laughs> just you two discussing this this is i'm like the moderator here but i'm getting all the information okay Un- unlike a you know a nor- like these <laughs> debates normally where you're just getting a bunch of gargonzola i'm getting the good stuff here five star friday matchup number three all right now we got to go to the uh quote-unquote athlete section right that, that's what they call the skill players they play out on the perimeter but more importantly man i'm talking joe hayden and steven nelson versus that young stud wide receiver and terry mclaurin now we've seen terry be very productive he's a guy that has great hands can beat you downfield very elusive on the short to intermediate passing attack but we also know that joe hayden who's coming off a great performance a week ago against baltimore where he had a pick six and we've seen steven Nelson really emerge since coming to Pittsburgh they are going to have their hands full against Terry Terry is going to be a a very very viable competitor to them but if they can minimize the big plays you Terry's going to get his catches we know this but minimize the splash minimize anything 15 20 yards downfield and I love that opportunity for them in particular and for this defense but you have to minimize the big explosive plays from Terry because when he is able to do that 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 football team um, offense looks so much more dynamic when he's providing those type of splashes outside the interesting thing is going to be I Steve Nelson going to be up. Yeah. He was, I don't know if you guys saw, he was downgraded from doubtful to out. So he's out. Okay, so now he's down. So now he's down. So Justin Lane. Justin Lane. I'm, I'm looking at yeah. Justin Lane or and Joe Hayden. What about Cam Sutton? Well, you know? with Cam, from what I've seen in the past, uh, and this would have been when Joe went down versus Jacksonville. Right. They put Justin Lane in as the outside corner right. and left Cam as the interior guy, uh, slot the only corner type was, thing. Remember, Mike Hilton was hurt. Yeah, he was. Right? Yes. So that's so gonna be interesting would, to see. Yeah, you suck people into yeah. different uh, modes of operation. I think they've got the ability. The, yeah. The dude's got the ability, no doubt about it. Uh, I look at this and I, I, I say to myself, this McLaurin kid. Uh, he's interesting to me. He's yeah. obviously got some skills. Uh, the uh, the Dontrell Inman, he's another guy yeah. that mm-hmm. I thought yes. uh, is going to be yes. somebody you got to watch. And then Logan Thomas, um, that you know, they 
the thing about it is I don't think they're too they're not too pass heavy. Correct. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're play action, they're gonna run, do all these things. You know what they remind me of a little bit? That? A poor man's version of Tennessee. So mm. you know Tennessee, they want to run Brown the ball heavy, play action for the AJ right. Brown downfield. When you watch them, they do that not as committed as Tennessee is to Derrick Henry, but they do a good job of just running the ball play action pass out of your bigger personnel. They go bigger body personnel sometimes to take their shots downfield. You see that type of stuff with this football team. And I, I think, like I said, that's why to me, they, they I view them as a poor man's version of Tennessee because obviously Tennessee does that probably the best out of anyone from a yeah. traditional run the football sense. Did you see Tennessee yesterday? Oh, man. Wow. They got out to a slow start, man. Slow man, starts oh, and man. turnovers will How kill you. How did that you. happen? Slow Dead starts and turnovers, man. <laughs> Boy, you take that's what you want to know how to get take Derek, yes. Derek Henry Absolutely, out of the game. That's man. how you do it. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%, 100%. man. The Baker, but yeah. Baker was got after it. He man. woke up yeah. feeling dangerous. No. <laughs> <laughs> now see, that was lit. <laughs> oh, now I got Let's the word of the day. Go, you know. Let's All right. go. Here we go. Five star Monday. Matchup number four. All right, so now we got to go to the guys on the sideline, man. And in particular, we're talking Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin versus Ron Rivera. Now, the reason why I'm highlighting Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin is because they are our defensive guys, right, our coordinators. And we know with Ron Rivera, his nickname is Riverboat Ron for a reason. We've seen multiple times now where trick plays are very prevalent in his calling. We saw uh, on Thursday night on Thanksgiving, they had two trick plays. They had the annexation of Puerto Rico, a.k.a. the, the fumble <laughs> Ruski center sneak, one of my favorite plays all time. But they had that, and then they also had the double pass with Logan Thomas where he threw it for a touchdown. A tight end. Absolutely, man. And, and you see, when you watch Ron Rivera, any team that's coached by Ron Rivera, you can expect some type of gadget, some type of trickeration. I think it's going to be important for Keith Butler and Mike Tomlin in order to guard against the trickeration. It's going to be important that they have their defense fundamentally sound. Don't see too much. See what you're supposed to see. Your keys are what help you against trick plays. When you what, start seeing too much. Let me ask much, you as a linebacker, yeah. what triggers in you mm-hmm. when you say, okay, we have, now understand there's there's yep. trickeration and mm-hmm. there's gadgetration. Absolutely. Okay? <laughs> now, yes, it's highly technical terms. <laughs> gadgetration, okay? Gadgetration, Gadgetration, right. okay? <laughs> so you got trickeration is the fumble rooster. Uh-huh. All right, that's totally non-disclosure. That's uh-huh. all like weird stuff. Yes. Okay. Gadgetration is taking a tight end uh-huh. and letting him reverse. And, and throw, throw. absolutely. I mean, that's that's uh, gadgetration of another level. So, mm-hmm. what what you go into a game? Mm-hmm. What? Uh, are the warning signs that something of a uh, trickeration or gadgetation yeah. is so, about to so occur? So a couple of things. So first off, you have to look, and we always say a couple of scenarios. We say your first 15 plays, right? Because that's always your scripted portion of the offensive coordinator's call sheet. Typically, your first 15 plays, somewhere in there, you might have a trick play, right? Or you're going to have what we call a shot play. That's typically how these coordinators like to script it up. So that's the first thing we're looking at. Second thing, we're going to say, okay, with Ron Rivera and that offense, they're not doing a lot of trickeration from backed up. They do it in the high red zone area. We're talking 20 yards to 40 yards going in. That's when you see the double pass. That's when you Sweet. see the, the fake reverse because you know in the in the red zone or high red, you can have a negative play and you're still in scoring range. You have that negative play backed up. Now you're looking at potential, you know, where there's a turnover and it's a short fill. You're looking at, you know, having to punt the ball. So it's a different mindset. So those are some of your key tell, your your red flags right there. Now, obviously, if you study it a lot more in tape, you might see a telltale sign where, okay, if this guy's split is cut down when you're aligned on the left side, then that should be a red flag. 
stuff like that also. But the thing, the reason why I say your fundamentals have to take you home, when you talk about double passes and reverses, you can't get enamored with when it's going to happen or is this the time. When we say work on your fundamentals, if you're a cover three dropper, right, or if right. you're the curl flat dropper, that equates to what in the run game? The force. So if it's a reverse coming back to me, I'm not thinking about, all right, man, well, who's pulling it up or am I supposed to drop? I'm supposed to do this. No, if it's a run play and I'm curl flat, I'm supposed to set the edge and make right. this go back here. That's one way to go about it. If you're in man-to-man coverage, if my guy is acting like he's blocking and now releasing – I have to go with my guy. That's my coverage. When you watch the Cowboys, they got killed on the double pa- on the reverse pass to Logan Thomas because literally guys that are supposed to be in coverage, they saw the, the, the reverse action, and they're like, oh, I'm not worried about this guy, even though he's still running downfield. Those are the fundamentals that you have to stick with, that you have to use to get you out of some of those plays because Ron does a good job of, of, of calling it off-tempo, off-cadence, where it's going to happen when you least expect it. But the fundamentals are what get you out of that play. The fundamentals are what keep a a trick play from turning into a home run play. And that's ultimately how you get out of it. And that's why I think it's going to be important for Coach Tomlin and Keith Butler when those situations arise to make sure that they're honing in and and constantly harping on that to these players on defense. See, that's fascinating just listening to that. (laughs) No, I'm serious because, you know, you you sit there and you try to act like, okay, we're going to run the trick. Well, we always say it's different because on offense, y'all are the guys calling it. So it's no surprise. Y'all know when y'all are going there. For us on defense, it's always reactionary. And we say certain things you can react to, but certain things you don't know when it's going to happen. And how do you get out of that? There isn't a perfect call. We might be in cover four. We might be in cover one. We might be in a blitz. But you have to rely on what your assignment is. If you're a, a, a deep third defender... Okay, I don't care about what's going on up front. As a deep third defender, I'm pass first, run second. Right. If I'm a front seven guy, I'm run first, first pass, pass second. second. Yeah. So you have to just abide by that, and that is how you get out of some of those trick plays. Honestly, I mean, it's because there is no rhyme or reason. If you have the play sheet, it's different. If I could tell you, hey, look, the double reverse pass is coming right here. We're going to call <laughs> dog rush so we can pull it up. We're going to be man-to-man on the back end. Hey, I need interior pressure. We're good to go. It'll be perfect. It'll be right. easy. But that's not how it works in the NFL. And we know that. And, and that's how you kind of account that. for that, man. Like, like if, if, if somebody gave it away, you know, yeah. when you're coming out. Like well, you're sometimes you to, do see oh, that. absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, guys will give it away on tape, Defensive man. guys tend to move. They'll, they'll yeah. have their feet set wrong. Yes. And you'll understand. <laughs> you can see it. Yeah, yes. you can see it. Like, like when Alex Highsmith said, I knew they were coming back uh-huh. at me uh-huh. all right one of the things i'm wondering is you know do, do you start reading like orlando brown because orlando yeah. brown changes his feet up yeah. a lot you know and you start to uh, go oh it's, it's telltale signs some guys because i heard mm-hmm. tj go um maybe we need to tell the young man to keep it quiet yes. you know instead of talking <laughs> yes. about what don't, don't let off. him know don't yeah. let him know exactly yeah, yeah. don't, don't let him know. give it away <laughs> uh-uh I, i'm playing dumb you made that play how'd you know what's happening i just got kind of lucky you know i, I didn't know what was going on <laughs> you know i just, just i fell into <laughs> it, it man. Just, <laughs> just happened that's it broken clock is right twice a day <laughs> there we go <laughs> All right, Moats, you ready for this? Oh, you going to give me all you got? Are you ready for this? I think you're ready. If you're Wolf, ready. We would call this lit. Okay. This is lit right here. This is the definition. Okay. All right, he's warmed up. He is. Here we go. Five Star Monday. <laughs> Matchup number five. It is. Now we're ready wow. to go. That's what I'm you. Give that it all up. That was impressive. Gives it all up. I'd like to see you do it back to back without passing out. <laughs> He'd pass out. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but the fifth and final match we have to talk about are Steelers wide receivers versus this Washington football team secondary. Now, we know the talent that we have in the receiver room. And more importantly, they're coming off of a game where they struggled with ball security, whether it was securing catches or maintaining possession after the catch. They are too talented for that. And now you're looking at a, a, a Washington football team who's secondary. When you talk about their best players, Kendall Fuller, Ronald Darby are probably their, their most established or most uh, accomplished corners in that secondary. Obviously, you got my young boy, Jimmy Moreland. Shout out to James Madison University. Oh, he's a JMU Absolutely. guy. Absolutely. Shout right. out to him. But as a whole, they do not have a lot of back-end talent. They don't have a lot of high-end productivity from that secondary group. When you talk about their safeties and, uh, and Cameron Curl and Deshar, uh, I think it's DeShazer. Yeah, DeShazer yes. Everett. They don't have a lot of productivity with that group back there in comparison to Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju, Ebron, James Washington. I mean, we can go down the list of these Steeler wide receivers or pass catching threats. I think this is the part of the matchup where we have to dominate. This is the part of the matchup that separates us offensively versus their defense. When we are playing our best, it's when our receivers are catching the ball, Ben is able to sling that thing, and we're ultimately able to overwhelm these uh, these secondaries because it's just too many people. You can't double everyone. You can't put your best guy on everyone when all these receivers are more than capable of being the feature guy. We've seen numerous times this year where each of these receivers have been the feature guy, have been a double-digit pass target guy. And right now, the Washington football team, I do not think they will have enough to match up with these receivers for four quarters. This has to be the matchup where the Steelers make it a clear-cut advantage, and I think that's going to be the most key different key difference in this game. Biggest thing is going to be that they can't stop dropping the ball the way they, a yawn goes around yeah. the room. You Absolutely, know what happens? Man. Because one guy yawns, next Everyone, guy starts uh -huh. yawning, Absolutely, and the same man. thing happens with the catches. Now, what's interesting to me is how you just hallucinated the whole secondary situation for Washington. I agree with you. I, I think Ronald Darby and Kendall Fuller, especially Ronald Darby, mm -hmm. he's, that guy, that cat is, is sharp. Yes. But the fact is, when you start to spread them out and you uh, go empty, uh, empty backfield, it, it puts a strain on those guys. It puts guys. a real strain because Absolutely. how many deep can you go Mm -hmm. You know, before you start to create that matchup where you've got uh, your James Washington right. on a guy that, uh, you know, on, with on a Jimmy Moreland, for example, Jimmy yeah. is their third corner in. But just think about this. When we talk about Kendall Fuller and Ronald Darby, they are good players. Right. Yes. But I still feel like there's a different level between Joe Hayden and Steven oh, yeah. Nelson compared sure. to them. But Joe and Steven, not... we still don't even view them as the best corners in the league right. either. So you can just see the levels of this. So even though they have good players like with Ronald and Kendall, like when we talk about Bostic and Thomas Davis, like when we talk about some of these guys in the front, they have good players, but you just see where it's kind of capped. It's not enough to to for four quarters outplay our guys if everything is equal if everyone is playing their best they are going to be capped whereas we have a lot more in the tank that, that to give than these guys have right there now what's interesting to me is you see these guys they're playing a lot of uh they're playing mm -hmm. their version of the bear yes yes all right or a wide <laughs> nine you absolutely know, uh versus the two tight end and, uh -huh. and things i mean and they're it's funky they got their own absolutely. version when you put cole holcomb uh -huh. up on uh one of the tight ends <laughs> You know, and then you got Kerrigan outside. The, there's, yes. a, there's a little mis, uh, mismatching here of, of people. So I'm interested to see how the Steelers are going to handle that. And I, especially when they go to that wide nine thing where you've got uh, – It's the, different, man. Yeah, you've got mm -hmm. the tackle, the defensive tackles over yes. the OTs, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're essentially saying, hey – 
pop something straight up. Right. You don't know. I don't know. You know. Well, I mean? and I was going to ask you too, man. When you see the, those bare fronts, right, where all the interior linemen are oh, yeah. covered up, man, what are you guys thinking? Because for us, I like it sometimes. Especially when we're talking about like obvious run situations or short yardage, but from a cover standpoint, we would always complain because it puts you in a burden. It puts you in it, a it huge puts you burden. in a big burden, man, from a coverage standpoint. Well, man. you get eight, nine guys in the box, I mean, mm-hmm. you've got everybody crammed in there, yeah. and it creates a problem. Obviously, you're not going to run at it as mm-hmm. much as you're going to run around it. So you yeah. got the counter trap, you got your screens, mm-hmm. and I hope that the Steelers really go with their screens uh, tonight. I yeah. think that's something that could be really advantageous. Absolutely. A little bit of the draws can can work, but also. Those throws to the one on ones. Mm. I mean, look at who was it that went one? Oh, it was the Vegas. Uh, oh, uh, against the Jets uh, yeah, yesterday. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. They, Rugs, they came think, with right? a blitz. Yeah. Seven guys. They blitz. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're leaving your corners one on one like that. that? Wolf, man, Wolf, they had a linebacker spying Derek Carr on that play. Like, like Derek Carr was prime Michael Vick or something out there. Man. I was just sitting there going, uh, like you have almost have an aneurysm. Going, like what are Lamar, you doing? Like spying, spying Derek doing? Carr like he's Lamar Jackson. Out and there. that's what you get with yes. that bear a lot because you got to find that matchup, that one on one. Because it's I always like in the bear to this it's like inviting i don't know maybe 14 guys into your living room having a brawl you know what i mean because it's yeah. crammed a into us yeah Absolutely. it's very much crammed into a small room so you know that you've got to create angles and the angles the only way you're going to get mm-hmm. is by the counter trap and the counter trap has not been something that we've been running that well we yeah. did early in the year well, and i feel like james connor's capable of that i feel like with the counter traps that i've been seeing right now they are trying to either hit it outside or they're getting ahead of their pullers versus when you talk about your counters, usually you want to, from from what I've seen, I feel like when they're hit more inside, when they're more of a downhill play, I feel like it's been a lot more productive and successful. Whereas right now, we've seen James kind of get a little bit of bounce outside heavy. And right now, I mean, it's just not working in that standpoint, man. But here's the other problem man. with it. If you, the lead trapper, when you come mm-hmm. up and you predetermine, I'm going to log that guy, yes. um, mm-hmm. you got an issue. Yes. Because here's what happens. A lot of times, you've got the back is going to hit it back inside, mm-hmm. the cutback, even though the guard is giving you a log. Yes. And, and and really, when you look at it from the angle of the back, it should have been a kick out. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. In my mind, you've got you've to take and, and attack take what they that give edge, you. what they get. Mm-hmm. If they give you a kick out, hit the kick out because Early right. in the year, that's what James really did well. Yes. He'd find that crease mm-hmm. on the kickout, but if he's got to bubble it over the right. top, then that's a problem. And that's when it gets more of those elongated, and we talk about it looking like we're running laterally instead of going downhill. Yes. Lateral is not good for no. James or Benny. McFarlane no. can get away with it because of right. the burst that he has, but even him, it's still the timing yep. is off when you're watching him with some of these runs in terms of having the patience. That, to me, though, is, is going to be key, and I feel like – I agree 100% with these counter runs because that's what I've been saying when we're on defense. The reason why Baltimore has been able to have such success running against us, they do some of these counters and these inside downhill runs where they say, hey, you got these guys who want to get upfield. You have these very productive, prolific edge guys. We're going to use that against you. We're running A gap, B gap, tight B gap. And I think if we can take some of that which we already have it from a structure standpoint, we already have the structure of these plays. Just taking it and saying, okay, James, or, or Benny, or whoever we're going to have. Too. You're right. you got to have the movement up front. But if you can get the movement, or at least a stalemate, yeah. the problem is we're not even getting the stalemate. Well, we're losing. That's the problem. The other problem is the yeah. run-through. 
Absolutely. I mean, that, when you get the run through, whether it's A or B or C gap, oh, yeah. you got it. But the whole problem is run through kills everything. Yes, absolutely, and part of the man. problem is you've got to be able to visualize or not mm-hmm. visualize. You got to keep your eyeballs peeled yes. on that second yes. level. Because Without if you can pick doubt. up the second level, you can kick out, then you have your trailer come and through. And now you're good. Seal the inside, and you're mm-hmm. all good. And we've seen that. that we've that, solved everything. We've but, solved but, it but all. Honestly, but think about this. That's what Professor Mugs does this. in the that, classroom. That Danny. last, think about the fourth quarter. Benny Snow running those two final jobs to close it out. Yes. We saw those things. Oh. We saw them be able to execute some of these runs, getting the blocks needed, being able to run the ball downhill. That was probably the first time we saw them effectively running the yes. ball. Not not James Conner doing something crazy, reversing field. I'm talking play call, go out here, execute it. That was probably the first time in about three or four games where we've seen them legit execute like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Think about this before we go to break, because I know we've been belly aching a lot about the running, but think about it. Before the two-minute warning, you had Benny rip off 13 yards. Mm-hmm. First down, what what Baltimore have to do? Oh, that's our third time yes. out. Got to go. Mm-hmm. So now you go two-minute, and then he goes seven yards. Then he mm-hmm. goes two yards. Now you got the penultimate. Hey. That, I got to throw that in there just to show you Here how. Here we go. Oh, whatever I was. Okay. <laughs> the, the penultimate. You got one yard. You got Jalen Ferguson mm-hmm. and you got Benny Snell, yep. mano y mano, who yep. wins. And Benny wins one mm-hmm. yard and one inch. Absolutely, And that's all man. you needed. And Absolutely. that's the running game came through when they needed So That's effective there. running. And that's I'll what we need no more, more of, man. We need more of it. <laughs> Great oh, that was fun. Great stuff there from Professor Motes. That's, uh, yes. We do that last show before every game, our five-star matchups. We're humbled and excited to be in these five-star matchups. Five-star matchup. Somebody leaving here with a loss. Not going to be us. All right, we're way overdue for a break, fellas. On the other side, we'll get back to some phone calls, and we'll give, obviously, our final thoughts before we get out of here. The penultimate to the pregame to the pregame continues. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler in the locker room on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. All clear, guys. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. In the locker room, a little over five hours until kickoff. Getting you ready for Pittsburgh Steelers, Washington football team. Five o'clock at Heinz Field. And uh, let's go to the phone lines here. We've had a bunch of people hanging on the line for a while. Let's go to Ryan in Arthur Motes' home state of Virginia. What's up, Ryan? Do we have Ryan? Is Ryan there? Ryan, where are you, baby? Going once. Come on, Ryan. Don't do this to me Going today. Going twice. It's game day, we'll Ryan. Give him CCR for a second to get to the phone. Mm-mm. All right. Sorry, Ryan. It's all right. Mozi's dancing. Okay, so that's good enough. <laughs> Let's try. Uh, now, this is a new one. Maybe this is familiar for you, Wolf. But we have Pittsburgh on the line down in Florida. Okay. Wait a minute. Say that again. Pittsburgh <laughs> is on the line in Florida. What's up, Pittsburgh? 
Hello. All right, now I'm starting to wonder here. Come what? on. We had, we had gremlins we, last week. Tell me, tell me, who's this producer are we here, man? we having some technical issues what, with the phone here? What's going we, on with the producers today? No, this happened today. last week. We had gremlins. Oh, really? Yeah. No, 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 no. Put it on the producer. No, no, put it on y'all. Put it on the producer. <laughs> oh, never point the finger. Who, who, Come on, this, Mochi. Whoever this See, guy producing that, today. All that good teammate stuff we were Jeez. talking about right, during the commercial right. break. I'm throwing now him under the bus. Now he's seeking comfort. Now he's pointing blame. Well, here's the point. I throw him under the bus. This is what you never do is point the finger at anybody. That's so right. we, we'd, we'd point our no elbows. <laughs> Do you ever do that? Do you ever in the meeting room, you go, never point the fingers. You go, yeah, well, he did it. Because if you point your finger, they're going to say, every time you point one, you got three right. point back at So work. you lift your I'm elbow and point it at him with an elbow. I'm oh, point, I, I give and uh, Kellen just texted me and said, no good on the phones. Okay. He used a couple different words that are not appropriate for radio, but. Okay, no so we got gremlins on it, the phones. You know what, Motes? You know what it makes me think of? Uh, I, I, I did, how did the first one work? There's I'm trying to figure out. We must have had something happen. Yeah, not, you know you gremlins. The five, the five star matchups, just too much electricity. It was too lit. It was too, too lit. Ah. <laughs> he just fried the lines. There that's we go. All. Uh, it, you know what that made me think of, Motes? Motes knows this. My favorite TV show is, is South Park. Mm-hmm. There's a there's no. a there's a there's a line in South Park where Randy Marsh goes finger pointing gets us nowhere, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Arthur Mutz just did. Now. Finger pointing gets us nowhere, Wes. <laughs> All right, well, let's uh, let's take a break here. On the other side, we'll see if we can get some final phone calls in, and we'll give you our final thoughts ahead of Stiller's football team. Do you guys smell food? Oh yeah, you know what that? I, I don't know. Oh, you know what that is, mm. Wolf. It's, it's about Caliente delivery time here on a, ah, on a game day. Are you kidding me? I know somebody that knows about Caliente. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've heard a guy, he's like, Caliente pizza. <laughs> yes. You know, let me tell you, it's my favorite place to go. I take the missus there and baby. Wait, you let, me, hear, let me tell you. I hear they have a pizza called the Grandma Elsie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know it. And not only that, you get the Meemaw, baby. The Meemaw. Oh, yeah, you get a t-shirt with that one, too. <laughs> Quick one, you'll lo- you'll love this wolf. Hold um, on, I'm from the city. What's a Meemaw? Oh man, it is uh, the most fantabulous pizza you ever no, had. No, no, just in general. No, like, he w- means what like that's country country term for grandma. Oh, because like, so it's from a- Virginia. You're from the city. Uh, Virginia Beach. Yeah, I would say very right. much really? city. There's, I would say I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like Pennsylvania, right? No, no, seriously. There's, yeah. there's Pennsylvania and Allegheny County yeah. and Philadelphia County, it, it, and then there's day. everywhere yeah, else yeah, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, first time I heard Papa, I, I, I was He's like, talking, "What is a Papa?" I didn't yeah, know what that like was Papaw, at first. Mima. Yeah. What do you okay. call your grandpa? I called mine Graham and Gramps. Well, well, I was I'm Grandma and Granddad. Pap, Pap, I'm called up. My grandkids. See, you guys don't have grandkids. I have six grandkids. All right. So I'm called Appa. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Exactly. Learn, see, I'm learning something new today. Um, Learn something new. So Meemaw. My, my quick story. So Meemaw's grandma. My quick, correct. Okay. Correct. My quick story for Wolf that he'll love here. Two years ago, okay, mm-hmm. um, when we still used to do shows out at restaurants and things like that, oh, yeah. you know, before these unprecedented times. Yes, yes. Two years ago, we used to do a show. I think it was every Tuesday. We did a show with, or maybe it was Monday. doesn't matter. Stefan Tuitt at Caliente Pizza. Okay. Really? It was Tim Benz, it was Dale Lawley, and it was Stefan Tuitt, and I was the producer engineer that was there with them every week. Oh, you ate well. I ate well. We all ate well. Stefan would, well, he'd order the pickle pizza there, like the big dill. Oh, yeah. The big yeah. dill, I think yeah. it's called. Oh, it's thing's awesome. Pickles and it's ricotta cheese. He would eat the whole thing himself. Right. And then before he would leave, he would get another one to go, and he would always say, I got to take this one home to my wife. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm thinking in the back of my mind, that's wow. a great excuse, baby. Oh, yeah, I got to yeah. take this one home for Is my this wife. this for wifey right she here, man? She probably gets like two slices and exactly. eats. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's a good story. 
<laughs> That's a great place to go. Oh Take your gal out to Caliente, let me tell you. I like uh, it. I'll try and get Wolf back in here for the last segment, but no promises with pizza. <laughs> if it's down the hall, I'm out of here. <laughs> One more segment to go in the locker room. We'll wrap up. We'll give some final thoughts as the penultimate to the pregame to the pregame continues in the locker room. Craig Wolfley, Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler on ESPN Pittsburgh and SNR. This report is sponsored by Allstate. You're listening to SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. 79 North and Southbound, they are doing some work at the Neville Island Bridge again today with a lane restriction. In Avalon, you'll be putting on the brakes at Route 65 and Cleveland Avenue. They're digging up the road again. I'm Bonnie Diver, Total Traffic. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. You know, what Arthur Motes is doing right now, Wolf, they'd call that being lit. I would imagine. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at it going, okay. <laughs> you know what? Um... Man, ain't right. I mean, just this, ain't right. This is every day. I'm telling you, man, the day we start simulcasting, it's over. They're like, boy, this dude is crazy. <laughs> he don't sit still. He dance. He lip sync between wow. everything. We have, like, we have people that tweet us from time to time and things like that, Wolf, that'll say, like, oh, you guys need a live cam in the studio oh, or yeah, something. Man. Like, yeah. Cool. Yeah, not, not for Tunch and I. Tunch and I, that's like... That'd be a yawner, okay? But I mean, like, uh, I just be trying YouTube. to have a little fun. That's yeah. all. I th- oh yeah, and that's cool. That's that's fine. You know, there comes a point though where you, you know, I would get up and dance and I'd throw my lumbago out or something. You know, I mean, it's Kellen. Look at Kellen. Is he awake? Yep. Is he, he awake is. back there? He's awake back there. He's got his Duck Hodges jersey on. He's ready to rock, baby. There we go. go. What'd you order from Caliente? He, want, he wants huh? to know what you like from Caliente. What Kellen? What'd you order? You don't know. Anything, it's whatever anything comes. good, baby. Anything good. All right, fellas. Uh, we've got about three and a half minutes here before we got to hit the break to get yes. to the Godfather, Stan Saverin. Uh, final thoughts, prediction, key thing to watch. Key thing to watch is going to be the battle of the twos. Their second best pass rush in the NFL. They got, what, 36 sacks. They're tied mm-hmm. with Philly. They're behind uh, the Steelers by five. Steelers yes. got 41. Yes. Mm-hmm. And pro football focus rates the Steelers' offensive line as being the second best as far as pass protection. So if you go by that, you've got the, the battle of the uh, offensive defensive lines, which, let's face it, fat is where it's at. It's always up front that counts. <laughs> and we're going to see who I dominates. I've never heard that. you never heard that? Jeez. Oh, yeah. I love it. I, like I love that. it. You know what? When you watch the offensive line combat of trenches, warfare, yeah. whatever you want to call it, it shows that you are a cultured mind. Very true. Amen to that. There you go. Amen to that. Motsi? Uh, for me, man, I'm looking at these uh, still wide receivers. Um, the drops from last week, I'm hoping that was a one-off, but I want to see them start fast. Oh, please. Start fast. Provide that wave early on for this offense. We know 
at this stage in the season, we are a past first outfit. That's how we attack teams. When we do it and we're on the same page, we light it up. So look for the offense, the, the receivers in particular, to look these balls in, have great ball security, but ultimately provide productivity early and often. Yeah, I like it. That's that's certainly um, – I, I want to see – I know you touched on this a little bit in the uh, in the five-star matchups. I want to see the wide receivers bounce back. Mm-hmm. Um, not their greatest outing, obviously, on Wednesday against the Ravens. And I think part of that – hey – Marcus Peters and, and Marlon Humphrey are, are two of the best in the business as cornerbacks, right? right? So there certainly were drops from the Steelers' wide receivers that you can't excuse, but there were also plenty. I mean, Peters and Humphrey, those guys punch balls. They get their mm-hmm. hands on, on footballs better than a lot of defensive backs. Okay, fine. Bounce back from that. Take advantage against this secondary that, like Moats laid out, there's some talent there, but not Marlon Humphrey Correct. and not Marcus Peters. Well, we're not looking at all pros in that secondary right. like that, man. Right. It, I- that's – we, we can build them up, but we're not going to fabricate either. I, I, <laughs> I want to see Claypool, Deontay, yeah, Juju all get a nice bite to eat and bounce back in that regard. I would say with Chase, get your hands out from your body. Yeah. Try mm-hmm. to use those hands. And for Deontay, keep your eyes on the ball. Yeah. That's all. That's the thing. Deontay, he, he's so looking for the, all right, I'm about to make this guy miss. Yes. Right. That he forgets the first part of securing the catch. Yes. And with Chase, yes, that's a great way to put and it. And with Chase, like you talked about, getting your hands out with younger guys, they just, it, it, it's weird as it sounds. And these guys are great athletes. You still, it takes time to get used to doing those things at the NFL level, play in and play out. When you talk about open at the NFL level, Chase is starting to see that. Even right now, we see Chase, people are complaining a little bit of him always looking for the flag. That's the NFL level. Every pa- I mean, 90% of your passes at the NFL level are highly contested. You are within arm's distance of a defender, whereas at the collegiate level, it's typically two to three yards of separation. So right. I think for him, he's still getting accustomed to that. Yep. And that's when you start hearing combat catching and seeing him have to learn to use his hands from his body a lot more. Once he starts doing that more consistently, that's when I really think he takes off and becomes that bona fide number one receiver type. Wolf, always fun when we get to hang out with you. Thanks I for thank, having us. thank uh, the both of you for coming in. And, I, I appreciate uh, the hospitality, Well, you know man, what? Chalooch you know? is out on his own recognizance, like I said, and I thank you guys Look for stepping up. Look at you jumping all these big words today, recognizance. Just remember the word <laughs> of the day. Lit. Tune in tonight. Lit. Lit. <laughs> We're going to be lit. And you can tune in tonight. Uh, with Craig Wolfley, he'll be on the call with Punch and with Billy on DVE here on ESPN Pittsburgh. Steelers coverage continues all day. Stan Saverin up next. I'll talk the ends at 2 o'clock on ESPN Pittsburgh. You're listening to SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. ESPN Pittsburgh Traffic.